Hello and welcome to the Coach Marky Manila podcast. I am Coach Marky Manila coming to you from the Philippines and ESL, BusinessEnglishExperts.com and Initial-Impact.com. Both of my sites offer career coaching, English, advanced presentation skills, whether you're a native speaker or non-native English speaker of English, maybe as a second language. I can assist you to sound better, perhaps improve your pronunciation, nail the interviews that you're applying for, or maybe just actually work out how on earth to get an interview. Remember, I do CV reviews, also IELTS coaching and OET training too. So if you are a medic or perhaps somebody needing to pass your IELTS to enter a certain university or visa application somewhere else, I am the man for you. The links are down below to visit everything you're going to need to get my support. And remember this, even if you can't afford to get my support, perhaps you can share this podcast with other people, spread the word far and wide, and enjoy the free podcast services I offer here to give you a little bit of guidance that may just help tip the things in your favor when you're trying to either improve your English, your pronunciation, or get those interviews. So today, we're going to be talking about Microsoft. And again, as many of you who work with me already know, I work with a lot of IT engineers worldwide. In fact, loads of professionals, and I'm kind of privileged to do that. And these days, I'm taking a step back from one-to-one direct coaching due to my current health situation, um, and really focusing more on just trying to share as much of my information from my own head and experience and all of my background from marketing with the wider world for as long as I possibly can. So that's what I'm here to do. So many of my students who are engineers have really been trying to get into Microsoft as well as other tech companies like Google, Amazon, etc. So today I'm going to be talking about the program manager positions uh, at Microsoft and give you a bit of a guided tour of the interview, what to expect. Now, clearly this isn't everything. And frankly speaking, you know, I don't think any amount of podcasts could cover this. It's something you've got to do in person. But I want to give you an overview to set up the idea of what you can expect and help you to prepare, even if you can't afford some high-level coaching with me on this to do a masterclass or two, do have a go at trying to work out how to fit these aspects into your practice and practice, practice, practice every single day. Um, Even if it's just with yourself, record yourself and then listen to yourself back and try to think how an interview would perceive you. So think like the interviewer, there's my top tip. All right, so really program managers at Microsoft, they are obviously responsible for so many different technologies there and products from Windows, Office, Xbox, whatever, right, okay? And the project and program management team kind of spans both of those worlds, the tech and the biz world, um, and really are guiding the ideas from their original idea to the launch. So when we look at project and product management, Um, It really depends on who you're working with and the team, okay, but it can run across a whole area of things that you're going to have to be managing. So customer engagement, product management, analyzing data, maybe selling and engaging with customers, working with stakeholders internally, or maybe even speaking at conferences. It is so wide, actually, this this particular uh, spectrum of duties that you could do. Now, the main thing is just to know that, <coughs> excuse me, project product managers are always customer centric, right? Focused on the customer um, and exceptionally business driven. Okay, So it's really important and there's big challenges really for you if you want to enter into this. Generally speaking, um, it's not a technical job as such. All right. Um, you may spend a lot of time conducting end user tests with clients or working with designers. There may, of course, be something like you know, split testing, so the A-B testing and, and seeing which which 
thing works better, okay? Statistics are big, all right, to figure out which decision makes sense. But in general, um, if you are a program manager, you won't be expected to do any coding or writing, okay? So really, let's look at some of the questions uh, that happen and let's get rid of any of the sort of ideas that you might have about what to expect if you're interviewing for a program management role with Microsoft. So really, there's three rounds in general. There's a recruiter, a phone, and then an on-site, okay? Um, most of these positions, I get a lot of clients and students who are trying to apply as a new grad from college. Um, so generally, if that's the case, you usually speak with the recruiters at career fairs, right? Okay. Now, if you are a recruiter um, and you want to speak to me actually about candidates, all right, okay, I've got plenty of nice candidates I can send your way. So have a chat with me. That's just a side note. My links are down below. Um, really, you'll be though speaking at a career fair usually and then have a first round interview, maybe at the campus or over the phone and then eventually the on-site that the office you're applying for. In general, the recruiter calls you to understand your motivation behind wanting to apply for this role, okay? So if you're a new college grad, you're gonna be hired probably into a very general part of the organization, maybe cloud or AI or office, right? Um, if you're more experienced, you would be interviewing for a more specific position, right? So it depends on which route you're going and what experience you've got. So the sorts of things you're going to expect, and these don't run away if you're not applying for any of these positions, but these are standard questions you're going to have with most recruitment interviews. Why do you want to be a program manager? Right? Why do you want to work at Microsoft? And for experienced people, why do you want to work in this specific space? So again, you know, you're going to have those general questions asked no matter where you're applying in the world for a job. Be prepared to talk about past experiences and show them how that, that directly relates to this particular job description. All right? Don't just say, well, I want to work there because you're a fantastic company and well-known internationally. That is why you want to work there, maybe, or you're going to get a good salary, but that's not why they're going to hire you. They want to hire you for something that you've done in the past and how it can help appropriately with what they want you to do in Microsoft's organization, all right? So remember to use the STAR technique, describe the situation, the task ahead, the actions you took, and the result. What was the outcome? So you could say, well, yeah, I want to work at Microsoft because I've already worked at Amazon for five years and I've already developed, I don't know, you know, so many apps or whatever it is and helped to launch them. So if it was a program manager role, you'd be saying, you know, I've, I've worked at Amazon and I've helped promote a fantastic idea that was whatever it was. Um, and it's now grossed, I don't know how many gazillion trillion dollars. OK, so you want to show how you've done that already and how it's relevant to this company and how it's going to make them money. Remember, there's only four things, four things that these companies care about, no matter who you're actually applying for as a job. Can you make me money? Can you save me money? Can you make my product or my company more efficient? All right, okay. And can you attract me new customers? Can you make my 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 brand right really well known or more well known in the case of Microsoft and competitive against everybody else? Right, okay. Now, once you've done that, all right, they're just generally looking to talk about your past experiences from your resume, ensure you're good at communicating, and that you're a good person to work with. That you're not, you know, somebody who's going to be shifty or perhaps just be there one minute and gone the next so they want to be sure that you do have a commitment somewhere to the company for a period of time the next step if you've been successful there is that phone interview all right usually with an existing program manager at microsoft generally it's about 50 minutes or so 
Uh, you'll have to complete a product design or tech question. And then there's about a five, 10 minute Q&A. Usually that's what most of my, my students tell me happens to them. It may vary for you, but that's roughly what you can expect. So be very good at um, product design or tech questions, all right? That's where your focus is going to have to be. Now, following the phone interview, you then get to the on-site. Congratulations if you made it this far. So it's usually quite grueling, five rounds, a mix of product design and tech questions. Um, and your recruiter will definitely guide you through the on-site process, okay? Usually that's what they do. They'll tell you where you need to go, how you'll be you know, covered for your expenses. Remember, many candidates use this time, of course, to explore Seattle while you're there, right? Because let's face it, some parts of that trip are going to be reimbursed by Microsoft, so why wouldn't you? Um, the on-site interview takes about an hour. Um, so again, 45 to 50 minutes of the interview time with five to 10 minutes at the end to answer any questions you may have. Make sure you have questions. Do not just say, no, I think you've covered it all because that shows you really, you're not bothered about working for this company, all right? Also, you have the opportunity, interestingly, to use a whiteboard in every interview, right? So be careful what you want to write on the right board, but use it to try and explain yourself and to show ideas. Use lots of designs, drawings, graphs, Okay, brainstorm um, trees, put them up there and make it quite engaging. If you struggle with presenting, if you are using English as a second language or even your primary native language, but you don't know how to do that in front of people and stand up using a whiteboard and, and to make yourself look really impactful, grab a session with me. The first 30 minutes is reimbursable. So if you are not delighted with the progress you've made or the confidence you feel you've got from the first 30 minutes, I will reimburse the full 30 minutes less the credit card processing fee if you've used a credit card or debit card, all right? I don't get that back, so sadly I can't pass it back to you. But ultimately, it's totally money back guarantee. You've got nothing to lose and we can help really boost your presentation skills, how you can speak fluently and impactfully and get your ideas down there succinct, okay? It's gotta be succinct and concise. You have one and a half hour lunchtime uh, casual conversation with Microsoft interviewers and you usually do that in the Microsoft canteen or cafeteria. And then you usually get another 30 minute break towards the end of the on-site. So that's generally how the day runs, but your recruiter will give you more detail. Um, the sorts of sample interview questions, okay, product design questions clearly test your ability to design a new product or improve an existing one. Be certainly user focused. That's what it's about, right? Okay, we gotta love these products from Microsoft, right? So think about the user. The key here is to ensure you can organize your thoughts and have a very clear goal in mind that will solve the user's problems. So try to think about it, be very broad at first, list all the ideas that come to mind, brainstorm them, then pick one to go really deep into. So go beyond the superficiality, that's a nice word, and get deep. Remember as you're listening to me, active listening for your listening skills people, write new vocab you hear me using, and then try to summarize at the end of this podcast by repeating what you've heard me say and use them in the right way, and then go forward in your day and also use them with your colleagues, your emails, your text messages, whatever, okay? So pick one to be basically broad with and then go deep on, right? And explain why it's the solution that is right for this particular product and these customers, remember, user-focused all the time. Also, another approach that's really successful is to um, use a framework to basically articulate your thoughts and to really hold and impact those points into the interviewer's mind so they remember you. Okay, so really to do this, um, I can do this. We, we do this method in a much deeper way in a masterclass. So get a masterclass with me. Basically, list 
the first three points, okay? Then dive into each point and then summarize your three points at the end. So this will help you really push those points home. Be sure as well to show um, that you can define the metrics as well as understanding what to do if certain metrics change. Be methodical and consistent here and show that all your decisions are data-driven, okay? They're not coming from an emotional reaction. You are using data and hard logic, bearing in mind how that relates to the end user experience, okay? That's the main things to focus on. Now, if we switch course to the behavioral side of it, okay, this bit can freak a lot of people out, all right? Okay, now, in a way, Microsoft is different to Google. If you haven't heard my Google one, check out the Google podcast, right? But they want to still see that you work well with everyone. So everybody from designers, sales, legal, you know, you can enunciate well, you've got good, clear pronunciation. So if, if you have trouble with that, okay, get a session with me. We can help you sound clearer and nicer, speak with more impact and obviously with meaning, okay, and be coherent, get to the point. Prepare a really good talk, okay, to track through your CV. When you go through your resume, all right, um, we really want you to have like a really like a, an elevator pitch, right? 60 seconds for each part of it, okay? So that you can summarize each part of your resume, 60 seconds to make them think, good gracious, they did a lot there, okay? Um, and then we want you to go into a longer depth um, explanation of each experience that you'd like to highlight. Okay, now think about previous work experience, side projects, hobbies, classes, whatever, all right? But please, I would suggest try to keep it more leaning towards what this job description is asking you to do and the types of products that you know you're going to be involved in developing further or revising, all right? Okay, um, also think not just what you achieve, but mark actually what you have learned. Okay, how did you face challenges? So if you try to learn a new hobby, all right, then talk about what challenge you faced. How did you approach it? How did you solve the issues if you came up against the roadblock? And really um, make sure that there are lots of real anecdotes. These are nice words, right? Anecdotes, stories, examples, right, that you can give. I don't want you just saying, oh, well, if this situation happened, I would do blah, blah, blah. No, tell them. Six months ago, I had this same problem. And what I did here with this product was I blah, 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 and the result was blah, blah, blah. Okay. And remember, the end result should feature on how it made the company money, saved the company money, increased the customer base, made the product more efficient or uh, popular. All right. Those are the four things. So um, think about it. Your interview already has your resume, right? Okay. So they know a rough idea about you, but try to go into more detail specifically, as I say, um, and show about, I don't know, how, yeah, how obsessed you were, I guess, with delivering great customer service, um, how you handle challenge or perhaps vagueness, and always have a growth mindset in approaching the matter at hand, all right? So think about it. Think about why you want to apply for the role. Why do you want to work in this team? Why for Microsoft, actually, in general? Why not Amazon? Why not, I don't know, who else? Okay, so it's important that you know as lot as you can about the role and the team you're applying for. Um, it's not good when a candidate doesn't know any reasons why. And they just say, well, I think you're a great company, all right? I really want you to focus on that as well, okay? Um, and if you've used certain features before or understand something about Microsoft, tell them about it, all right? But speak about it, okay, um, in a good way, okay, in a way that is going to help enhance what you could do at the company, all right? 
when you look at it, um, comparing to other tech companies, the candidates at Microsoft report their interviews are really casual, but don't be caught out, all right? These casual conversations are specifically designed on purpose, right? Okay, because it's trying to make you feel, oh, yeah, you can open up and tell them some stuff, right? And they may dig deeper into experiences and ask you to elaborate on your experiences, all right? Okay, so it's really important you don't let slip something that perhaps you wouldn't want to have ordinarily revealed at a standard interview. These interviews are there to try and relax you to that point, and then you will probably, hmm, I don't know, they might discover something perhaps you really wish you hadn't have said. Okay, be careful on this one. Um, types of behavioral questions. Now, these apply for any any place you're interviewing. So, obviously, why do you want this role? Tell me about the time you failed. Um, have you dealt with conflict? And if so, give us scenarios to how, how you've handled it. How are you data-driven? What tools have you used, okay, as a product manager? How do you manage your projects? What is your style of management? How would you say other people talk about working with you? How do you influence team members without having direct control? And then this one, tell me about a time you failed. Never be afraid, okay, of expressing what happened, but always show that you learned from the experience or how it helped you improve as a person. Always finish on a positive with that. Because let's face it, to say you've never failed is totally unrealistic. We all fail, <laughs> okay? Um, and it's important for us to be be realistic, okay? If you say you've never failed, that's going to cut you out of the interview from then on because that's just not that's just not accurate, right? Everybody has failures, okay? So technical questions, um, these vary, <clears throat> okay? So coding and system design, okay? Um, really, the the level of tech difficulty depends according to you know what the team is that you're joining. Um, who's interviewing you, right? The customers involved here, there's many things. And of course, what is their main goal for that particular department? So aside from data structure questions and the standard ones other companies ask, sometimes we've heard that Microsoft will ask um, questions about how specific tech works, infrastructure. So if you've got something on your resume or CV in the skills section, you might get asked about this here. So really be careful here. Only put things there that you can actually speak about. Um, if you put machine learning or artificial intelligence or something, or AR, um, you may get asked how you train, okay, and how you, you manage those models and speak to specific algorithms. You're like, okay. And if you put down different coding languages, you'll be asked about which one you prefer and why you choose that one. So remember your language from pros and cons and, and why your preferences are. If English is your second language, you've got to be able to explain yourself, your preferences, and why you would support this over that. If you don't know how to do that, get a session with me for goodness sakes. Okay, I can help you probably within the first hour. We could send you away feeling far more confident, and that's a good investment in your time. Okay. Um, also, uh, if you like certain things, explain it in more detail against the others, right? And I would also say that with regards to system design questions, always focus on solutions that are scalable, reliable, and of course, effective and efficient, okay? Um, you're talking about a wide variety of things, I guess, that will um, impact your solution, maybe security, um, risks to the design, um, how you can um, really balance things. There's so many things. Be prepared to ex sort of build your case, all right? And the interviewer may start off asking you small things and then ask you to design the system, perhaps. 
And then they would say, right, and you've designed it for one user. Now, what happens if we scale it and want to go to like a thousand users locally? And then what about if we scale it to a billion users worldwide, right? So you've got to think about a good example that you know you could show you could scale and how you would answer that, all right? If you're interviewing um, for things such as teams for AI, AR, cloud, etc., it's great to know the basics clearly to the infrastructure and the operating systems, databases, how these virtual machines work. I mean, ultimately, I would say to you, um, it's important that you just try to focus on the end user here because that, that's what Microsoft is about, really, for, certainly as a product manager. Um, now, if you find this is something interesting just to share here, and this will work for you no matter where you're interviewing. Um, after you finish one interview, the next interview usually pans out in a few different ways. So you may get asked a very similar question. This might mean that your first interviewer didn't get a chance to have an, a sort of a detailed response from you on that. Okay. And the next interview is asking you to get that info. So give a more detailed answer. Don't just say, well, as I said before, give it in more detail and mention that you, you know, you did mention this previously. All right. Make a point of that. Also, you may find you get very different questions. So this means that your first interview probably focused on specific themes, but didn't ask um, about another particular theme. So sometimes it can also mean that on your earlier answer, they may have identified it as a weakness, right? That perhaps you weren't strong enough. So think again, all right, about that, that strength. And if the next interview is asking very technical questions, be prepared for it and to go in with a stronger response. OK, so it's really important for you. It is challenging because it's a large company. Right. And it's uh, this is why it is a grueling interview process to go through, just like all of them. And um, in the end, always repeat. If you're going to um, repeat your answer, OK, mention that you have already mentioned that in a previous interview to emphasize um, and to elaborate it further. This is why you're discussing it again. Not that you've just got nothing else to say. Um, also, I would say to you, be sure to express your desire to put the customer first every single time. Remember, program management interviews, product management interviews, everything you're building addresses a customer need. So the customer should be centric in all of your answers, right? Think about it. Finally, inclusion is really important to Microsoft, like Google. We want to ensure that accessibility is there for every new release, okay? So think about it from that side too. If you can mention inclusivity and accessibility, you'll probably get some extra points for that because it's a big area and it's just expanding rapidly. Not everybody thinks about this. So actually, if you do this, you will come across as very unique and a bit like, oh, this, this candidate's really smart, right? They're thinking really outside the box and stuff that's important to us. So if you could talk about how you can improve accessibility and adaptability for people who are visually challenged, perhaps, or other, other issues, maybe, um, people who have problems with certain colorblindness, these things, okay, really, really helpful, all right? And also, um, just think about brainstorming, right? So ways to improve the accessibility for the product could reveal a different approach or solution that perhaps you haven't previously considered, or in fact, Microsoft might not have as well. So you could come up with some extra bonus points just for that one. So people, I really hope this has given you, again, a very fast overview of what to expect in the Microsoft Program Manager uh, interview. Um, if you want to practice any of these aspects with me, you know how to do so, the links are down below. Um, it's a good investment. 
I have to say, because even if you just take one hour with me, we can really hit this hard to focus on the points you're going to struggle with, whether it be your pronunciation, your articulation, your confidence in presenting when it comes to that, coming up with some good behavioral responses, okay, and brainstorming techniques, really, the list is endless, isn't it? And you've got to be able to cope with these challenges, also expressing your reasons, you're pushing for your sharing your opinion. How do you phrase that and how do you make the case for the pros and cons of each? So if you're struggling with any of those as a native or non-native speaker, get in touch with me. I absolutely can help. Otherwise, try listening to more of my podcast. There's plenty that I put out here online and will continue doing so to help you with these phrases, to express your points of view, etc. Listen to them, actively use them and practice them 10 minutes every single day for 28 days minimum. Okay, And also use the vocabs and expressing yourself with the new phrases in your meetings, your messages, whatever. Also record yourself and watch yourself back. Think, am I expressing myself well? Did I say that correctly? And if you really are getting stuck, ask for help, okay? It's going to save you a lot of wasted opportunities. You can either sit there, okay, and not get through any of the interviews and always be banging your head against the brick wall, which is a great idiom. It means just getting nowhere fast and it's very painful, right? <laughs> okay. Um, or you can seek out some help from an expert like myself or many others out there. It's not just me, all right? There's plenty of other great tutors out there, I'm sure, to choose from, okay? Get the help you need. It could save you a lot of heartache and get you that job you really want at Microsoft, Google, wherever. All right. So good luck, everybody. Stay safe. Please share the podcast far and wide. If you'd like to sponsor a monthly edition of the podcast, the links are down below, or you can just do a one-off, buy me a cup of coffee. It helps me continue doing this for the people who can never afford high-level coaching. I don't see why high-level coaching should just belong in the hands of people who've got the money to pay for it. Yes, we all have to make a living. Yes, that's what I do. Yes, at the end of the day, I am kind of providing a very quality masterclass service, but I also try to provide whatever I can here for as long as I possibly can and I'm physically around to do so to ensure that this information gets into hands of billions of people worldwide. So if you can't do anything else, please just tell somebody else who doesn't know about my podcast to try and have a listen. I hope I can help them too. Stay safe. Keep going. And sorry to interrupt at the very end here. Just before I go, I would like to say a big thank you to all of you who listen to the podcast. Thank you for making it such a great show it is. I would like to also request something else. If you have found anything that I share with you here of help and benefit to you and would like to support my free podcast to continue remaining free for you, please do consider donating via the link below. You can find it, buy me a coffee, and it enables me to continue doing these podcasts and also supporting those of you who cannot afford high-level coaching. It really does make a difference, and thank you in advance. Stay safe and keep going.